Yo, what's up, folks? I don't have an intro nailed down, like to say. So, like a certain phrase or word or whatever. But this is going to be still jumping right into the conversation with Genesis. Uh, so, let's jump right into it, guys. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Grab a Bible. Get to Genesis 4, please. Pen, paper, open mind. Invite Jesus to the room. Pray. Um, I'm just a man. So please, please pray so God will speak to you through um, his scripture and not and not me. I, I kind of forgot at the the end of last episode um, to add in this part. But Adam and Eve get banished away uh, from this beautiful garden that God has made um, in Genesis. Uh, it's this separation between God and man. But God, again, he doesn't ban the people, but they they have the separation, which is separation basically of heaven and earth. Um, the the biblical story does not really focus on everybody getting away from hell and going to to heaven, and we just get to like the cloudy place with harps and and melodies and everything. Uh, no, heaven is a space where God is, and we separated heaven and earth with, when we sinned. And God is this Bible story is all about a story trying to reconnect that and get people back to their Creator, get to God. But sin separates us. How's God going to deal with that? That sin. Not to say hell is not real or whatever, <laughs> but it, it's definitely not focused on that. You know, like we do with you know Southern evangelism, trying to tell people to not go to hell, um, which is really good idea. I don't think you know we want anybody in hell, but it, that's not the biblical story is focused on. So uh, understand that because really. Um, it can sway what you're trying to read, if that makes sense. Like it, what you, your preconceived notions that you have when you come to Jesus affect directly how you view Him. Um, this is included in the in the Old Testament. So really, try to have an open mind. I'm not trying to influence you. Uh, my my best thing is for you to have an open mind to come to it. But anyways, getting right back into it. And this really cool thing you have like these cherubim with flaming swords guarding the entrance to to Eden so they can't come back in so it's not like you know I can sneak back into heaven or whatever you got these people that will kill you <laughs> these angelic beings that will kill you so um, you get to the story with Cain and Abel directly after the fall uh, located in Genesis 3 and you see the direct effects of sin and that serpent's not gone it's not going to directly mention that serpent over and over again but notice the cues uh, of what's going on uh, Abel has a sacrifice that's better than Cain's uh, so Cain is really upset at his brother uh, for having, you know, just just doing sacrificing more pleasing in God's eyes. And he lets sin get ser that serpent, that temptation. He lets it devour him. God says it's like an animal crouching at his door. Um, I'm trying to find that exact verse so you can get it. I think it really is a good verse. Um, oh, in verse six, he says, sin is crouching at your door. Kind of like this panther or lion that's going to like. Just devour you. Uh, it desires to have you, but you must rule over it, was God tells him. And, and Cain doesn't. Uh, really cool. I'm going to be saying this a lot. It's a really cool thing. Of You remember when we talked about in Genesis 1 how God gave the mankind, you know, rule over every animal um, that was made, you know, fish in the sea, birds in the sky, animals that crawl on the ground and, or, you know, on the ground. And, we see that people have forsaken this and letting the animals rule them. You have the serpent. Now you have this idea that sin is crouching at this door 
and Cain has to, you know, he's, he must want to rule over it, but he doesn't. He lets it rule him. And what does it do? He acts like a beast and he kills his brother out in the field and he lies to about the Lord, uh, to the Lord. And the Lord banishes him. The Lord is gracious to him uh, to, to mark him on the head so nobody will kill. You also get, you know, where did all these rest of these people come from and who does Cain marry and all that? But the Bible's not really focused on that. And I'm not going to be really focused on that to, to answer that for you. Uh, because, again, like the Bible isn't really focused on those kind of things. It's not like this big plot hole in it. This is uh, this is telling the story of how we got here, why the world is the way it is, these big plot threads. Uh, so coming from last episode, I hope you guys already have this idea. What's the big plot threads? What are the tensions that when you when you come to the scriptures, you have the, the serpent that deceived humanity? It's leading away from our creator. And that's what the Bible can be focused on. And that's what the stories are trying to portray. It's a beautifully written story that's not trying to explain everything out in exact detail. It just really glances over it. And it really, you know, makes me on, you know, kind of leaves me with questions too. I'm like, well, I don't have an exact answer where these people come from. And people spent many uh, hours and videos and podcasts and many debates over the, the, the sense of time Bible was created about where the people came from, uh, which I'm not saying is a bad thing. If you guys are wondering that, um, you guys explore that. They have like way smarter people that'll be able to give you way better explanation, but the Bible's not focused on that. So uh, I'm going to kind of glance over it myself. Uh, so God marks them on the head and he sends them east, which uh, if if you see something repeated in the, in the Bible, especially within the same book, it's important. Uh, so when you see like banishment and exile, it's always going to be to the, well, I won't say always, but it's, Traditionally, in the East, in the Bible, um, and it, and I think that's a really cool point to pick up. It's like to the East is bad, going to the East is bad, going to the East is bad. I think in uh, a shorter book, if you can read it in like an hour or so, probably less than that. If you're a better reader than I am, but the the story of Jonah, I believe that he goes east to. Let me actually do that real quick. I'm gonna I'm gonna look that up. Um, guys, I would like to say that. I told a story. It did take me a little bit. <laughs> that was wrong, by the way. He went to the he went to the west, but he did go back to the the east. But it, it does pop up a lot, and especially in Genesis about going to the east and east being like exiled and bad. So I was wrong about that. I apologize. I'm a human. <laughs> going back to the scriptures, um, he gets banished off to the east, um, and then he has a line that leads up to um, Lamech, a guy named Lamech, and that's gonna be that's gonna be an important guys. Um, coming in later, coming in later. Uh, but then genealogies are really oh actually Lamech is mentioned uh, right here. I was gonna mention it later, but they go on to build the city of Babylon. Uh, you're gonna see that in Genesis 11. Uh, it's just just the city of violence and this just uh, image of ultimate corruption before the Lord, when human beings try to seize the spot of the Lord and what that looks like with injustice and slavery and, and all this but just see how far humanity has gone in one chapter uh, just just read this poem that Lamech has uh, so Lamech said to his wives notice it says wives how already uh, this is not ideal what God would have and referencing back to the last episode when you see something in the Bible doesn't mean you should emulate it people have tried to argue for like having multiple spouses because people in the Bible like marry multiple people that's not a good thing, guys. That that should be like a clue that people how far humanity has gone. <laughs> God never intended that. He made one partner for Adam and Eve. They're both one flesh. 
to show just how important that is. They're they're together. They're oneness. You can't you can't be one with something else too. Like that just doesn't it doesn't make sense. It's like okay, that's my person forever, and you can't you can't have multiple one of those. It's just like um it just throws away the idea of marriage completely. Uh, but a little rant over I keep, uh, TikTok and like Instagram reels are bad places to get theology, and it just makes me mad when I see people try to um, you know post really bad stuff. And that's not to say that everybody's bad on there, uh, but there are a lot of there are a lot of bad people. So have a good understanding of the Bible, guys, before you before you just go off and trust in everything. Go back and read everything, even the stuff that I'm saying, guys. Go back in your Bible and read to make sure that you know this guy's making sense. I'm not I'm not trying to lead you astray, but hey, don't trust me. You know, go go read the Bible. Um, but read this poem. <laughs> I'm sorry, in verse 23 of chapter four. Lamech said to his wives, Adam and Zala, listen to me. Wives of Lamech, hear my words. I've killed a, I killed a man for wounding me, a young man for injuring me. If Cain is avenged seven times, then Lamech 77 times. Um, he's, he's boasting that he's better than his ancestor Cain because Cain killed his brother. And if you, God said, if you harm Cain, you'll be punished seven times over. So he takes this and it's like, I don't know if this is referring to like, they got into an argument. And, you know, they hurt his pride or like, you know, they got into, you know, you know how guys can be, you know, or just people just shoving matches, pushing matches, arguments, something stupid. And he just kills him and he's boasting about it. And it, people do that today. You know, oh, this guy was messing with me. So I just pulled out my gun. I shot him or this guy was talking trash about my girl and X, Y, Z. That's not a, that's not a good thing, guys. Violence should never just this this idea that we should kill another human being made in God's image for doing something to us is not God's intentional design. And that's something we should focus on. Um, you know, I get it. I used to play ball a lot and you get into, you get in competition and you get like arguments to where the point you think you should threaten physical violence to somebody else is just, it's just something of Satan. It's something of sin. It's not good. It's not good. Review your relationships and review those moments. Like if you feel disrespected, your ideal shouldn't be to harm another human being made in God's image. Uh, you have to love one another and be respect. This is why Jesus said, love your enemy. Bless those who curse you because that's God's intentional design. In the face of evil, do good. And then you get the, you get the real reward of, of blessing. Yeah, I read with these professional athletes a lot. I'm loving the sports. I love I love uh, different athletes, and I you know, follow them on social media, and I and I and I read what they say and, and some of their stories. Uh, this is a big podcast area era era of where athletes come out and tell some of their sports experiences. And guys, it's absolutely terrible. Just because a guy makes uh, millions of dollars does not give somebody the right to to threaten death threats for them for not performing. Or for you know playing good against their favorite player or injuring their favorite player or whatever, these guys are human. And as I get older, you know, I, I think the real, realization set into me of just how life works or how, like how crazy uh, money is is when um, me and Zion are the same age, around the same age. And I I read when I was like nineteen, I was like on you know watching him play at Duke or whatever, and heard that he had like a hundred million dollar uh, shoe deal with Nike, and I was like, dude. I'm not going to make that amount of money ever in my life. <laughs> and it's just like, wow, this is just crazy. When re- hearing as a kid that having like an, have like a, at least that teenager kind of mindset, a more mature mindset is just, 
It's just absolutely insane the difference. Uh, but threatening somebody and destroying them is 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 just it's not God's ideal thing. And this is show how far um, humanity is strayed. But remember that promise that God made in Genesis three fifteen. There's gonna be somebody that's gonna be crushed ahead of the serpent. And you have this uh, line of uh, genealogy is really important in the Bible, and uh, it's easy to skip over, but they're really important in the in the Bible uh, of God's promise and His sovereignty to get to what God's going to accomplish and who He's going to use. And this is what God has to work with people like this. Uh, so Genesis six notices how depraved human beings are, and uh, you have this spiritual rebellion too. Have the sons of God. Um, you have the sons of man. You know, sons come from Adam, Adam, uh, Adam's name meaning man. And you have the sons of God. These kind of like angelic kind of beings types. Uh, they, um, I guess that'll be a rant for another day. I'm not going to mention all that right now. But just know they're angelic types of beings. So the sons of God, uh, they see the the daughters of man and they sleep with them. Uh, in, you know, basically like immolizing this spiritual and human rebellion, even the spiritual beings trying to rebel against the Lord. And um, Paul, not Paul, Peter later on say in his letters, uh, or one of his letters, immolizing the story of judgment, how God keeps those uh, who rebelled against him in gloomy darkness. Uh, I'm trying to be ominous when I said gloomy, uh, not mocking type. I hope that didn't come up with mocking. But he keeps them in gloomy darkness awaiting the day of judgment. So, uh, and this Genesis six right here is a story of judgment. And it's not, you know, people have these kind of pictures storyboarded on the children's wall and everything, but this is just, um, this is just, it's heartbreaking. I guess when you, when you start reading this story, what God's going to do, uh, God, everybody's evil. Everybody's like depraved and God, like to the point he just regrets having humanity for the stuff that we're doing. And isn't that our world today? It's just like, oh, God, may your kingdom just come. And you see this terrible uh, things. I was on Instagram and I saw a guy holding uh, his lifeless child in his arm as he walked through a war zone. And people were like, recording and taking pictures of him and, and stuff. And it's like, good goodness gracious, what kind of world do we uh, we live in? You have this uh, spiritual and earth rebellion over here. You can just imagine depravity and injustice. God said every... Uh, Every inclination of the thoughts of human was only evil at that time. And he just had to wipe the people off the earth. Um, and not only are we getting punished for our sin, but the creation is getting punished. Uh, Paul later on said in his letter in Romans 8, how all creation is eagerly expecting for the redemption of the, the children of God. Because uh, it's been left in, you know, groaning. Uh, it's been left in shackles. It's been subjugated. Not of its own desire, but the one who subjugated it in, in hopes that uh, it'll be redeemed when we get redeemed. Um, I'm, I'm again the best. The best uh, commentary of the Old Testament is the New Testament because they are just really, really, really good. And and um, so notice how the birds and the animals and the everything it gets wiped out is going to get wiped out too with this with this flood that's going to come. Uh, even if you're not a Christian, you're not been around the Bible a lot. I think you'd be familiar at least somewhat of of what the flood is. Um, but God, He found Noah. He found this guy named Noah, and He did good. And God's going to work with him. Remember that promise that He made to Eve: Hey, a seed from you is going to trust ahead of the serpent. So, 
if you're reading, you call following along. It's like, is this the is this the guy, the one righteous guy among all the evil? What is what is God gonna do? Uh, so God has him and then his family, his three sons, and uh, he he lets he lets Noah in on his plan, and he tells them to make his ark, this this wooden ark that's gonna save him uh, from the flood, and God's gonna bring you know two of every kind of animal on the on the ship with him, you know that doesn't already live in the water. <laughs> Uh, so they can survive in the, in the bird creatures with enough food. If you guys haven't been to the, the Ark um, replication in Arkansas, dude, it is it's massive. Uh, I haven't been. My youth group went uh, when I was younger, and they took all the pictures of it, and they had it. It is, it is massive. It is massive. And people, um, it was just, I think it's a really good, uh, just a biblical image, and it just showed how, you know, have like these little storerooms and what the Ark would look like, and how it survive and could all those animals really fit on there and everything that gets all explained out and um, two of every kind of animal, not two of every single animal. And, you know, yeah, uh, people that are smarter than me are going to explain like, you know, how you have like, wolf, you know, basically how dogs come from wolves and, you know, you have like cats come from you know, this, this bigger hierarchy family. I'm not that wise when it comes to that guy. So I'm sorry if I'm butchering that. <laughs> I hope that somebody, uh, I hope that you can get on YouTube and find uh, people who are better explaining how that comes about, and you, or you paid attention a lot better than I did in eighth grade science class or or whatever. Uh, came out with an A. We'll say that shameless plug, but you know I forgot all that knowledge by now. <laughs> um, but he takes every kind of animal, has all the, all the food, and it takes him a while to build the ark. And people lived a lot longer um, at that time. Uh, mainly because we we're made to live forever, and God was with us and, and blessing us. And as we got more corrupt, and sin affected our bodies more, our lifestyle shortened down. Uh, God gives him the timeline of when it's going to happen, and uh, how Abraham or Noah, excuse me, <laughs> saved his family through his his faith to believe God. That, hey, God's going to do this. So I need to work hard to do it. And Noah becomes this image of this righteous man, and he talks about how the how the flood uh, happened. Now, I want you guys to know this really important part that happens here, too. After the flood and the waters had receded, uh, you know, Noah comes out, and first thing he does, he makes a, a burnt offering to the Lord, or he builds an altar, he makes a burnt offering uh, to the Lord, uh, thanking him for saving them and sparing them. Um, and God makes a covenant with him, a covenant. It's, uh, you guys have heard of a covenant before. I don't know if you noticed it or not. But when people get married, that's a covenant. It's a marriage covenant. It's an agreement, a partnership. And, you know, you got to say your vows to death do us part. You're going to be together. You're going to love your spouse through health and sickness, you know, through pain and sorrow. You're going to be together. You're going to be that person. You're going to be one flesh. Nowadays, people don't really obligate by that covenant, but it's a covenant. And God makes a covenant with, with Noah. But it doesn't come with any any kind of agreements on Noah's part <laughs> at all. Uh Right here, the God just comes out and says, like, hey, never again will I curse the ground because of humans, even though every inclination of the human heart is evil from childhood, never again will I destroy all living creatures as I've done. As long as the earth endures, seed time and harvest, cold and uh, this is coming out of chapter eight, by the way, from verse uh, 21. Uh, as long as the earth endures, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night will never cease. So God, he says, I'm not going to do this anymore. I'm not going to ever do this again because he makes a, a, a you have this righteous intercessor in Noah. Who God makes a promise through 
to to take you know away judgment right here, and he, he just comes this this image with it. Um, he makes that promise to him, and then get the the covenant re-explored. And you know, you might you might say, well, how um, how will God know to keep his covenant? You know, how will God remember it? And which is really isn't for God, not that God will forget. That's the, the point I was trying to get to. I saw I was flipping the page. Um, and he makes a rainbow in the sky. Whenever the rain appears and you have that, that's why when you see rain, uh, you're going to have like a rainbow. And God makes the rainbow. It's like, hey, this is my bow. This is this is how you know that I'm never going to flood the, the earth again. It may rain a lot. You may have uh, a little bit of flooding in different places, but I'm not going to I'm not going to flood the earth like I like I did. Again, this is a reminder, this beautiful image of a promise. That God made uh, through Noah and him being righteous and God chooses him and he blesses it. And you kind of wonder, like, Noah could be the guy. Noah could be the guy. He's going to he's going to be the guy who crushed the head of the serpent. This is the expectation you're supposed to be having as a reader. But notice, um, notice what Noah does in the, in the later parts of, of chapter nine. Uh Noah, a man of this is coming verse 20 of chapter nine. Noah, a man of soul, proceeded to plant a vineyard. When he drank some of the wine, he became drunk and lay uncovered in his tent. Um, so he gets drunk. He comes out of the tent and gets drunk. And uh, Ham, he sees his father naked. And something shameful happens inside that tent when he sees his father naked. Now, uh, there's a couple different interpretations. And I'll tell you guys my interpretation of, of what uh, Noah, I mean, what Ham did to Noah based on different stuff in Leviticus. Uh, well, the first interpretation is that Noah did, I mean, Ham did something shameful to his father, uh, something sexual degrading uh, to his father. Um, and his younger sons had covered him up after, you know, they, they saw him. They didn't see him naked. They walked in back so they wouldn't see their father naked and they, they covered him up. Now, I believe um, that this is where Ham slept with um, his, his mother and, you know, some ancestral relationship went on. Uh, in Leviticus, it talks about um, how, you know, don't something to do with your father's nakedness. I can't remember the exact quote. Uh, I should probably be more prepared, guys. I apologize again. Uh, but you're going to read in Leviticus how actually, you know, I have the ability to stop. <laughs> I'm going to stop and try to get that exact verse. If I can't, I'm just going to jump right back into it. Give me just a second. When I stop, it'll be a seamless transition. Okay, I'm back. I thought I lost all the audio that I did for a second, so my heart kind of dropped. And let me tell you guys something. I caught myself, but just do not Google father's nakedness in Google to try to find a Bible verse without saying in the Bible, which is, um, that's probably been bad. So, <laughs> uh, going back to the, the nakedness part, this is where I get my interpretation uh, of it, which is, you know, it's okay to disagree or find some. Uh, commentary that disagrees with me i'm not infallible and i'm not perfect <laughs> uh, so i could definitely could be wrong but I, I believe they slept with uh ham slept with his, his mother uh coming out of leviticus and uh, this is leviticus 20 verse 11 they have different translations of it uh niv translates it a little bit differently uh, which is the main translation that i use uh but it says if a man has sexual relations with his father's wife he has dishonored his father. But if you read an ESV and KJV and some uh, NSAB, uh, which I think is the uh, NIV tries to go thought for thought instead of word for word in their the kind of translation style. 
Uh, so trying to get to the, the, the heart of what's being said. But you read in ESV, if a man lies with his father, he's uncovered his father's nakedness. And um, this is what Ham does in the story. He uncovers his father's nakedness. Um, this is what I believe he slept with uh, his uh, he slept with his, his mother. And I think he got his mother pregnant because if you read and when Noah woke up from this wine and saw what his younger son had done to him, he said, curse be Cain which would be Ham's child, not curse be Canaan. I'm sorry. Uh, curse be Canaan. Uh, he didn't, he didn't curse. Um, he didn't curse Ham. Canaan got cursed. because He was born of this ancestral relationship uh, with his, with his, uh, with mother and her child. Really gross, really gross and, and uh, terrible. If you read on later in the story, who are the big enemies of the Israelites? The Canaanites. Yeah, so this is this is this is why genealogies are, are important. Um, everything kind of boils down to a brotherly rivalry, 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 rivalry in the in the Bible. Um, so pay pay a lot of attention to that. Also, I've been I've been told that I talk country, so I hope that that's not too uh, off putting for a lot of people. It's my voice; I can't change it. I don't think that I'm country, but people tell me that I speak country. Like I said, I got a country music voice. I guess you. I, I guess I just hang around a lot of people, you know, who talk the same. So I can't help it being raised in Mississippi. Sorry, guys. Um. <laughs> so and that happens. So that kind of deletes the whole thing as well. This Kane, I mean, Noah isn't the guy who's going to do this. So and then you get like this long genealogies of um. You these long genealogies of different sons, and you see all their children. Again, genealogies are really important. These these things pop up in the in the Bible. Um, you got the guy like named Nimrod, and he founded Babylon. And uh, Nimrod, I think Nimrod is actually famous in a lot of ancient uh, Mesopotamian stories. Uh, I can't tell you right now, guys, and I do apologize for that. But I was listening to another podcast, and it, and it mentioned how different. Uh, just different ancient warriors of the ancient times and different depictions of them. Maybe like Nimrod, like a type of that. Uh, but Nimrod is important. He, he founds uh, Babylon, and uh, that leads right into Genesis 11. Again, Babylon is not a good city. It's this ideal of human corruption. You also you have the good mixed with the bad, too, there. Uh, like you have people discovering instruments and how to, uh, I think, metalwork is in there too and how to like you know herd animals and stuff but you also have like a lot of violence and you don't need to babylon is always kind of viewed poorly in the bible because this is where the people get exiled to and everything Uh, they make this tower that wants to go up to the lord and they want to be god uh be like god themselves and uh, they want to you know this is again people exalting themselves to be the to the the spot of god and god uh, he scatters the people could have obliterated all of them. They, they'll disobey another command too. This was pointed out to me in Sunday school a long time ago, and it stuck with me. God's command to the human beings was to spread out and multiply the whole face of the earth. Here you got people trying to conjugate together in order to upsert God's rule over them and do what's right in their own eyes. Um, Mr. John explained that to me, not exactly in those words, uh, but he did show uh, the promise of, of God uh, to, to do that. Um, John Hart, John Hart, I remember. Um, well, he's still in my life a good bit. He's really influenced a great guy, um, like a father to me. Um, 
I just wanted to kind of put that shameless plug out there. <laughs> I want to get the whole name and give credit. Uh, but it's just this this way of people are certain trying to upsert God's rule again. So God scatters them out. And you also will have from Shem's family line, you have this guy named Abraham. You have this guy named Abraham. This is probably going to leave off to because Abraham gets to a way bigger discussion. But God chooses this family line, not based off of any other kind of condition. Like, um, well, it doesn't really say. It doesn't really say. Of all the people that get scattered, God chooses uh, from Shem line, this guy named Abraham. And God usually tends to pick the underdog in the in these stories, uh, but uh, they get scattered out, and uh, Abraham goes with his his father, or yeah, he goes with his father and his wife and his his nephew, and um, they they try to set out for Canaan, but they settle up in Haran. They just stay there, and you know Abraham's dad lived to be two hundred and five. And, his, and Abraham had his wife who couldn't conceive a child at the time. He also had his nephew Lot. And God makes this promise to him. And this is going to be kind of where we leave off to in, in Genesis uh, 12. Um, it's going to kind of set up the discussion for the rest of the podcast story we're going to have. Uh, so the Lord said to Abraham, hey, I want you to go from your country and your people and your father's household to a land I'm going to show you. So leave all the stuff you're familiar with, where you're comfortable with. Abraham, uh, Abraham, and this is what I'm going to do for you. I want to make you to a great nation. I'm going to bless you. I'm going to make your name great. You're going to be a blessing, and I'll bless those you bless, and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all peoples of the earth are going to be blessed through you. Wow. Um, again, remember the promise that God made to Eve in Genesis 3.15, and how uh, God chose to make a covenant with Noah, a righteous man, uh, to never again destroy the earth, and here God makes another call. He makes a he makes a agreement with Abraham, like, hey, if you go up from here, it's basically like, which it seems really easy, but also it can be really hard. You know, what if you know we probably have this stuff in our lives? Hey, once you leave everything you think is familiar and go to somewhere where it's not, you know, you don't know what's over there yet. You just get this calling, and you have to you have to go. Same thing that uh, I believe that a lot of people that go on mission trips have to face. Don't know how everything's going to be provided for yet, but I'm going to trust the Lord. And Abraham has this decision whether or not he's going to trust God to go from his country, his people, everything he's familiar with, especially like back then. It's not like, you know, everybody's a phone call away. You're you're packing up. You're leaving. You don't know where there's going to be food or water or anything. But God makes this promise to him. Um, now, all throughout Genesis 1 through 11, we've been getting stories of the nations. And this is and from Genesis 12 on, we're going to be focusing on on this one family line for the rest of the biblical story. Um, this is why, you know, um, we read a lot of Jewish scriptures. This whole thing is Jewish scriptures. It's not, you know, uh, you're not reading some Bible story that comes from a guy who went to Spain or whatever. Uh, you're reading stuff from the Jewish perspective, what God's doing to the world uh, through this family line of Abraham. And this is so God can bless the whole world. It's not like God forgot about everybody. Like, you know what? I, I don't want to save everybody. You guys are kind of, you know, you suck. I don't want to save all you guys. You guys are messy. I'm just going to save Abraham's family. I'm going to bless him. This isn't what this is about. God chooses Abraham to bless the rest of the nations. Uh, this is why. You know, I'll make your name great. You'll be a blessing and all the, you know, skipping. Well, I'll bless those you bless you. Curse you, curse you, curse and all people of the earth will be blessed through you. So through your family line and through your seed, I'm going to bless. 
Uh, this is trying to reinstate again heaven and earth. I want God wants people to be blessed. He's trying to get people um, away from death into life, and life is found with knowing God and being known by God. And this is God's ultimate plan. He chooses Abraham, and it's just like this really large calling that that comes with it. It's like whoa, um, in it. And spoiler alert, Abraham went and uh, he obeyed God. And we're going to be exploring Abraham's story uh, next in the rest of these podcasts. But this is where the episode is going to end, guys. Um, I need a break. I've been talking for an hour straight by myself. Um, so maybe I seem crazy. Is it, is it crazy to have a podcast and just talk to yourself? I wonder. I wonder. <laughs> just joking. Um, but I say but a lot. This is my little verbal cue to think i don't stutter as much but i will say i did it again i will say different words like that to have like this kind of process cue i should have picked up that in public speaking public speaking is a really good class and now i'm just rambling but <laughs> i love you guys hope you're blessed by the lord please get into your bible today read it guys read it take time get good habits <laughs> love you guys have a great uh day whatever that may be for you whenever i get these uploaded this has happened on a saturday so i hope your favorite college team wins if they're playing against my team i hope they lose Ole miss already won the egg bowl so i'm happy state fans are in the mud like they you know so it's a good day it's a good day <laughs> love you guys again uh, thanks so much for joining with with us and hope to hope to see you again shortly love you all bye